Hey guys, welcome to Rec Reflect. Me and Will talk to Tiffany White, a rec program specialist from Grand Prairie. Today we're going to talk to Tiffany about her journey in recreation and how she found her way to the great state of Texas. And we also get to talk to Tiffany about her upcoming keynote address to Traps that's entitled Misery Loves Company. She gives us some key aspects of how to keep your staff and the public engaged in your programming. Enjoy. Well, hey guys, welcome to Rec Reflect. Ooh. Yeah, oh, spirit, spirit <laughs> fingers. All right, so hey, we're sitting here, me and Will are sitting here with Tiffany White. Tiffany, uh, how was your day going today? What it, you, you just were telling me you just got done with a reverse parade. I would yeah. like for you to tell, like, tell us about what that is. A reverse parade? A yes. reverse parade. So we are here in Grand Prairie, and we're at the summit, actually, the Recreation Center for our um, advanced adults, is what I like to call them. And so for Veterans Day, we made a bunch of posters and signs, and we have them drive through to pick up free lunch, and we have all the banners. And so instead of us moving for a parade, they get to move through our parade of, you know, different flyers and floats and things like that. So it's been really cool. Um, we got started about 1230, but of course with setup, we've been out since about 1030 and it has been very well received. It's been awesome. Oh my gosh. That is way I, cool. So it's like happening right now? It is still happening. We go until about 130 or so. <laughs> oh man. Uh, that was you call it, you, should, you should call it an edit wrap. An edit wrap, you know, like parade backwards. Edit wrap. <laughs> I had to, I had to, for, for that joke, I had I had to spell it out on my paper to understand what I was <laughs> joke I was gonna make just so you guys know. But yeah, you should call it Edirap. Well, did you, did, like did, did you just Tarmovolo riddle us with Lord Voldemort? Uh, very good reference, sir. Very good. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm very up on my. Okay, side note. Uh, I, I know that this part of the the podcast won't be uh, well received by a, a ton of our listeners. But I feel like if you've read Harry Potter, that you know which house you would be in. <laughs> well, my friend was a very big fan of it, but I have no idea. You have I no idea. Every I, movie with her, but I never read the books. <laughs> fair enough. Will I, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion I, you'd be a Griffin. You'd be a Weasley. You, you think so? Will yeah, Weasley. It's the red. It's the red. Well, you and I would be like the the Weasley twins in the Gryffindor house, um, or do you consider yourself something else? Uh, so I wanted to be in Gryffindor cause I wanted to be good, but then my wife had showed me like the website, like Pottermore where you can take the test Yes. and I yeah. got my feelings so hurt because they told me I was Slytherin. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I was just like, well, oh. Slytherin these people, you know, uh, I would just say I probably am Gryffindor just cause I'm a very pure person. You know, that's what people tell me a lot. Just like, you're very pure. And like you're you're the main character is what I hear from a lot of people. So, uh, but here's my confession about Harry Potter. I'm kind of on uh, Tiffany's team here because my mom read me the first four books. She would read me and my brothers. She read the first four books, and then when we get to the fifth book, she's like, "You're old enough to read this on your own." Uh, and then I never picked it up from there. So I've seen the movies, but I've not read the books all the way. So sorry, Jordan. Oh gosh. Oh man. <laughs> Looks like we got some reading to do, huh? That's Will? okay. <laughs> yeah. Next next podcast, let's get back on. We'll have read 
all seven of the books, and we'll get back on it. Tiffany and I will we'll, we'll uh, delve um, into the Harry Potter fandom. We are doing a hard pivot with the Rec Reflect. It's going to be a Potter themed <laughs> podcast now. I think that would get us some <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay, so Tiffany, kind of pivoting back to recreation, uh, tell us what's what's your connection because you're not originally from Texas, are you? I am not. So, so I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, and so my connection to Texas is actually just Michael and Lord. Um, Dr. Lord was my fine mentor for the 2016 um, NRPA conference. Um, so I was um, awarded the Young Professional Externship Award through the American Academy for Parks and Rec Administration. Um, and she said, Tiffany, I have got to get you down to Texas. Um, and so for, it actually took me about two and a half, almost three years to actually get an interview and get to Texas after that, that time frame. It, <laughs> it seemed like forever. Um, but the cool thing that I learned about Dr. Lord was that she actually lived in Champaign-Urbana for a short time as a kid. And her dad taught at the University of Illinois, which is where I attended school and where I was living at the time, Dr. Lord and I got partnered up. So that's super cool. Nice. That's <laughs> so is, that awesome. the, is that the fighting Illini? Fighting Illini, is, is that you the guys? Fighting Illini, nice. yes. What, okay, what is that, that Illini? Like to the... It's so funny, like I, I have a lot of school pride, but sometimes I do joke that we are the no fight Illini because <laughs> sometimes we are not very good. But <laughs> okay, so as a mascot, but what is an Illini? Nobody knows. Um, we used to have a mascot. So the year that I got accepted to go to Illinois, Chief Illiniwick was our mascot, but that was you know, that was the last dance. So the year that I got accepted, he had his last dance. And then I started that fall. Um, and so since then, it's just been a big eye. <laughs> a big eye. That's <laughs> awesome. Trying to find what our mascot what, would actually Like the be. actual mascot is the, like, the, the, the owl, letter the... I. A big orange and blue eye. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that, oh, uh, I'm just going to say your story, like, speaks to the power of Michael Ann Lord that she literally can, like, you know, not only figuratively move people, but she can literally move people from like yes. different states to come <laughs> do recreation in Texas. That's very impressive. She's yes. a tour, tour de force. She is. Yes. She's amazing. So you weren't born in Texas, but you got here as quick as you could. Yes. So kind of walk us through what, where are you at and what is your position? Like, what do you do? So I am currently working for the city of Grand Prairie. I am a recreation program specialist in the arts and music division of the Epic Recreation or the Epic Center. Um, we're, we're still trying to find our identity here, but um, <laughs> we are here. And so I get to coordinate all of our arts programs. So if it's a visual arts painting class or drawing, art gallery openings, um, I am the person that gets to do that. And so I started off at the Epic in membership and guest services. And then within a few months, I was, you know, promoted into my current role. And I absolutely love programming and being able to give back, especially in the arts, um, which is oftentimes the first to be cut. But, you know, when you can introduce somebody to a passion that they can do forever at all stages of life, I think that is one of the greatest things that we can do as recreation professionals. Okay, so something I love to ask anybody that ever does rec programming, I have, it's a two-parter. First, what was the event or like the thing, the thing that you programmed where it was like, 
oh my gosh, this could not have gone better. It was amazing. And the second one is, what is something that you programmed and it was just like, oh, wet blanket? <laughs> well, you know, my, um, I'll just say one of the, the top things that I've done here, at least in this role, was our one of our first art gallery openings. Um, and so it was last January and it was called Community. And it was actually an art show that showcased um, the talents of the Epic staff and any of our friends and family. And so we had the largest turnout. Um, our culinary specialist came in and she catered everything for us. Um, we had a, a cool video. We incorporated our theater, our art gallery space, and it was very well received. Um, and all of the artists came out during the opening and it was just so exciting to have put on that kind of event and gotten the traction that we got. Um, and then just a program that was a complete wash just in general uh, is basically any new program that I've tried to start um, before I got to Texas. Um, that first year was typically very difficult to get people to come out. Um, it's really hard to think of like one example of what that was like, but I know that there's some and I might just, if it pops up a little bit later in the conversation, <laughs> I will make sure to bring that one up. <laughs> hey, hey Tiffany, what got you into recreation in the first place? Like what was your kind of like, like your push to get into recreation in school or whatever it is? Okay. Um, so growing up in Chicago, um, there is probably a park and or a facility within walking distance in almost every community. And so from a very young age, from the time that I was probably three or four, I can remember being enrolled in some kind of Chicago Park District program. Um, my first, once I aged out of the program, I became a junior rec leader and I volunteered for the summer. Um, and then I got my first job as a lifeguard and I did that all the way up through college. And when I chose my, my major, I chose recreation, sport and tourism hoping to go the sport route because I wanted to coach and I wanted to do all these awesome things. Um, and my advisor said, you know, Tiffany, a lot of the stuff you've done has been in public rec. You should really focus and look more into taking some more classes on the recreation side. And when I got into those classes, I was like, this is absolutely where I'm meant to be. And there was no turning back from then. So even going into Illinois, I already had my major. I just didn't know which path but I was easily able to find that path by the end of my, my first year in college. And I am loving my career and cannot wait to see what happens in the future. Yeah. Nice. Oh my God. That's, I, I love to hear because I think that that's a running theme that so many people like yeah. uh, that they like, Hey, I had an experience and I didn't know recreation could be a job. <laughs> and then you find out it could, and you're like, I'm going to do this forever. Yeah, I remember I was well, wait, you, training, and I was like, I'm going to be a lifeguard forever. This is the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what Jordan and I thought about being at camp. We're like, we're just going to be camp people forever. Uh, yeah, you hear so many of those, like, relatable stories where it's like, yeah, um, yeah, like coaching. You said coaching. There's so many people who are like, I'm going to do coaching. I'm going to be in sports. I'm going to do this. And, you know, plenty of people do. But then a lot of those people kind of make their way to, to recreation programming, and it's just – it opens a whole new world for you, right? So, so different. Much that we get to do in our profession that people don't even know. Um, and being from Illinois, we have a lot of park districts. And so within a district, the same thing that you would see in a city, you could be working in human resources, you can be the financial analyst, you can be the marketing person, all within the scope of parks and recreation. And so that's what I really love about our field is that you could do almost anything um, in our field. And 
I, I just love the impact that we have on our communities and how essential we are to, you know, people having a great life. Key, key word, essential. Essential, yes. Rec recreation <laughs> is essential. There's nobody that if recreation is cut out of their life, rec or leisure that is cut out of their life, that they're happy about it. Exactly. And that was proven when everything shut down with COVID-19 and we had to close some of our parks. That's where most residents got upset. They were like, no, we need to be in our parks. We need the playground. We need all of these different things. And so I hope that that really resonated with a lot of cities and, and districts that, you know, we are essential. We are the thing that people need the most. Um, and we have definitely shown that through this pandemic as well. That was like a direct line to like the supervisors out there. If any, any supervisors out there listen to our podcast, like don't, don't, we're essential. Okay. You can't, you can't do this without us. Trust us. Those, those board of supervisors, those mayors, like we're, we're essential workers. Okay. <laughs> yes, we are essential workers. We are the unsung heroes of our communities. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, preach, I think re recreation is a part of being a professional human being. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's so much fun. I love that when parks opened back up, though, that when I went to like my, my local park, that it was, I mean, had everybody was socially distant, but mm -hmm. it was the most people I had seen at a public park in probably seven or eight years. Yes. And it feels good. It feels good to know that people are really out there and enjoying and um, finding a connection to the parks that they may not have had prior to the things that are happening now. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like is that sometimes people who haven't been to the park um, and they don't know like, hey, I should be picking up after my dog and they, they just leave it <laughs> on the walking path. And I'm like, come, hey. Come on, people. It's we even have dog bags out. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 30 yards away. Go get one and walk back. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tiffany, I, so uh, you have the honor of being a keynote speaker this year at the Traps Institute. So I was wondering if you could kind of like introduce your concept and a little bit about what you're going to talk about. Absolutely. So um, I was very excited when I got the call that, you know, with the changing and the way that the Institute will be offered this year, that my topic really stood out and resonated with the committee. Um, and so I was chosen as one of uh, four keynote speakers for the 2021 Institute. Um, and so the title of that, um, that talk will be Misery Loves Company. And so basically when I proposed it, it was just thinking about all the things that we do to make our external customers happy. We tend to forget about the people who are actually providing that service. And so where Misery Loves Company comes in is that we always say that if unhappy people seek to make other people unhappy. And so if your staff is not feeling it, they're not going to be able to provide excellent customer service and experiences. And so my keynote will talk about some, some things that you can do to keep yourself and your staff motivated, as well as some things that you can do to put the wow into your work, um, into your work environment so that your staff will ultimately be able to um, provide those experiences that make your external guests say, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to spend my time. Well, could you give us a little, like a teaser about if there is one thing that somebody had to remember, like the most important thing, the the very most important thing that they had to remember from like, hey, how do we, how do we treat our first set of stakeholders, which is our, our staff? Mm -hmm. What's something that a leader needs to hear from you? I would say that a really key thing is that you really do need to listen. 
you need to be li- you need to listen and you need to be attentive to your staff needs. And we're not saying that your focus needs to only be on your staff, but trust and believe that those companies where your staff feels empowered to make things happen, where we feel like we're part of a team, like we're part of a family and that you actually care about what it is that we have going on, we are more likely to go above and beyond regularly to make sure that guests feel that same way and that each other feels that same way as well. So we wanna feel special and we wanna make sure that if we feel special, other people feel special as well. Oh, 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 listening is so powerful. Listening is important. Tiffany, Tiffany, do you have uh, do you have any examples right now of how you're implementing this in in your role? Like, can you give us maybe a story? We'll we'll let you keep out names, all kinds of. Do you have any examples you you have recently of of things you've been doing to implement this this idea? And so, well, most of my um, most of the examples that I'll have will be actually in a previous role Um, when Mm -hmm. I lived in. In Illinois, I worked for the Champaign Park District and I oversaw um, one of our signature parks. And so I was responsible for three facilities ultimately. And so what I found is that my leadership style where it was, you know, I'm not going to ask somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do. And so they always saw me out getting things ready. We were picking up trash. I got out and I cleaned up every single day. Um, If there were things that were going on, I remembered hey, you have a birthday coming up or how's your kid doing in school? And just remembering some of those key things, making sure that I actually took the time to get to know the people that I was working with. Um, We did potlucks. Um, Occasionally we had celebrations. If somebody got a new job, even if it wasn't with us, the fact that they were able to move on um, was great. And so, you know, they always said that, you know, Tiffany, even though you're fun to be around, you're also fair. And I think that's very important is that you're being fair and that you're not going to treat anybody any differently um, and that you're willing to do the work. So they knew they could call me anytime, but they also knew that they could rely on each other because I trusted them and our team, our leadership team, trusted all of our staff, part-time and full-time, to be able to create moments that made people have a great experience when they came in the door. Love it. I like that. Fun and fair. Like fun and fair, Tiffany. Yeah, fun, fun f- here. <laughs> Do you get to put that on a business card, or is that more? <laughs> I think Did you trademark that term. <laughs> like, I I like that. That's not facetious. I'm like fun <laughs> and fair. Like, it's like. I think I think we have an episode title. Fun and <laughs> fun and fair. Fun and fair, Tiffany. Fun and fair time with Tiffany. <laughs> fun and fair. T- you know what? That's actually what it's going to be now. Fun and fair time. Yes. <laughs> you know, I really miss I miss that group there, and although I don't, you know. I, I supervise one staff person in my current role. However, you know, my my supervisor now also does a lot of the things that I know um, makes me feel that he cares about us and our team here at the Epic. We know that they care about us. And it's very important to know that somebody actually cares and it's not just a facade. And so I will go the extra mile anytime huh. to make sure that we are covered and that, you know, we all feel great and that our guests feel amazing when they interact with us so so are you saying that you feel like your direct supervisor is someone who listens absolutely okay so let's let's talk about from the leadership side we have to listen but i have a question of what is your direct supervisor doing to give that environment like where you feel comfortable to even talk right 
Right. Do you understand? Like, have you ever like, have you ever had a boss before they like, I'm here and I'm listening and I'm like, well, I brought you something last week and I got yelled at for it. Like, why would I ever bring you things if I'm just going to get more in trouble? So I want to know what is your boss doing, your your direct supervisor doing to Mm -hmm. make that situation? So throughout this whole pandemic, um, it's been very difficult sometimes for us to mentally take on the things that are happening. Um, We have families outside of work and we have all these other stressors. And whenever, you know, we would have an issue or something like that and we say, hey, Thomas, this is what's going on. And he listened and he will take that up to whoever he needs to if, if, if need be. But then he'll also ask, you know, not work related or anything, you know, how are you doing today? Um, tell me something, you know, what, what did you do this weekend? And so anything that we've asked of him, we have seen that he has gone to bat for us to be able to do that. So his door is literally always open. So um, I really enjoy the fact that, you know, he's personable and he helps us to be able to, to talk to him and he'll facilitate conversations and we can too. And it doesn't feel forced. And so that is something I really, really love. Um, and he's also really good at asking. So, you know, sometimes the supervisor would say, well, somebody's not coming in, so I need you to come into the office. And he's like, hey, somebody's not coming in. Would you mind coming in and covering? And it's just his approach to the way that he um, asks us to do things that is like, absolutely, I would love to do that. Um, and if we can't do it, you know, if we have something else going on family-wise or just external, he'll say, you know, I got this one covered. I'm going to take this one for the team. And so he's willing to put himself out there and be a part of the team and everything that's going on. And so I really appreciate that. Um, And it lets me know that he does care about us as people and as employees. So let me ask you this real quick. What are, what are some ways that you are coping with the COVID stuff and and you're finding ways, like we're talking about how you help your staff. Uh, How do you keep yourself sane during COVID either at work or kind of outside of stuff like that? What are you doing to cope with all this stuff? So um, when I was in middle school, I really loved art and like lettering and drawing. Um, I never took any like real like professional classes or anything like that. I just kind of drew cartoon characters every now and then. Pokemon was really big then. So I drew every Pokemon available and put it on my wall. And so during this time, once I got into this role where it's about the arts and not just general rec, I got into painting and so I do watercolor painting now and so that was a skill that I learned for myself personally but also something that is directly related to my current job and so now I'm able to teach watercolor classes and I was you know actually able to do a mock class here and get some feedback from you know my coworkers about what that experience was like and so I just like to paint and really get into art and just try to enjoy the outdoors as much as possible um and then just being optimistic. So I'm typically pretty optimistic anyway, but just, you know, this is a time for us to really reflect, to plan and to be thankful that we have the opportunity that we have to continue to work and to continue to plan and just know that when it's time to go, we are going to be ready. So I just keep that in mind when I'm thinking about what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Almost like you're (laughs) reflecting with Will and Jordan. Uh, I gotta say, I like that we all, we we kind of missed on Harry Potter, but I think that we all had a little bit of like twinkle in our eye when Pokemon was brought up. So yes. you know, it, it, yeah. I'm telling you, who was okay? Let's do let's do that sidebar. Every holographic card, I was drawing everything. <laughs> who was your starter? Who was your starter choice in the original games? Who was your starter? You know what I had Muck, and Muck was my starter. 
I mean, he was nice. kind of rare and he was just kind of sloppy and out there, but I loved his style. So. <laughs> that, that's an interesting choice with Muck. Yeah, you don't hear that from a lot of people. Like, oh yeah, Muck's my favorite Pokemon. Exactly. Like, you mean the, the like, blob, the blob or thing? Or a Bulbasaur, but I was like, no, Muck, that is my one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, we, we are running up on our time and Tiffany, I want to, fun and fair Tiffany, I yeah. want to leave you with the last word. If, right. if you could speak any words of wisdom to the members of Traps out there, what would it be? I would say don't be afraid to explore and go out and do something that you probably would have never done, especially professionally. I have literally worked on every stretch of the U.S. Um, and I have taken a little bit from every place that I have been. So don't be afraid to leave. You can always come back home, but just know that you just have to be excited about trying something new. And the worst that can happen is you just go back home. <laughs> you just go back home. So just, just be adventurous. Perfect. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us today. And we hope to see you uh, more when we get to the Institute. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to the listeners out there. Um, hopefully you took something away and can't wait for what the future holds for us all. Absolutely. Thank all you, right. Tiffany. Thank you.